Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to your episodes. Uh, Jamie here, obviously. Um, very excited today because I have one of my, I mean, my, one of my oldest friends, I think in the world, maybe in the world. Anyway, I have Millie McIntosh on the podcast. I've known her since I was about 12, 13, 14 years old. Um, she comes on the podcast and we talk about so many different things. We talk about Made in Chelsea. We talk about kids. We talk about life. We talk about sobriety, anxiety, and loads of different things. Um, it was a great chat. I love it when we get to sit down with like one of my actual buddies who I've known for so long because it's just such an easy conversation. It's amazing little chat and loads of little things. So I really hope you enjoy it today. Also, uh, I want to point out that if you haven't already gone and watched our YouTube videos, by the way, we release the whole video on YouTube on Mondays. So if you want to go and watch the actual video, you can go over to YouTube and go and watch it. How good is that on Monday? Um, and also a quick thing, if you haven't subscribed yet, please just click that subscribe button. It takes one second for you and it just does so much for us. If you can't be bothered or don't want to, I totally get it, but it just means the world. Anyway, I don't want to talk anymore because this is a great episode. Please welcome to Private Parts, the wonderful Millie McIntosh. I was listening to your episode with the like Eurovision commentary. How funny. It's yeah. honestly so good. Tom Lucy, genius. God, I love podcasting. I, I honestly... I, How many apps do you do a day? I mean, a lot. Yeah, I'm happy to roll. Okay, fine. Yeah? Yeah, fine. Hey, listen, I want to give you congratulations, by the way. I need to congratulate you. Why do you need to congratulate me? Because you just got married. Yeah, I know. And I'm going to your wedding. big wedding celebration um, in a couple of weeks. I'm so excited. Are you really excited? It's in like two weeks. It's in two weeks. Um, but getting getting married is like, it's really quite hectic, the whole thing. I didn't think it was going to be that hectic. Planning it, organizing it, getting people oh there, God. everything. Yeah. It's stressful. It's really stressful. And and also what I've worked out is that I don't particularly do well with stress. How are you with stress? Not great. Really? Triggers my anxiety. Talk to me about that. How, why does it trigger it? Just it's just it just is something that makes me it can make me feel a bit on edge. I actually think I cope with stress quite well in that I'm someone that quite often leaves important stuff to the last minute. Mm -hmm. And then the stress of it makes me super efficient. It makes me do it really well, but only at the very last moment. Yeah, that's 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 probably a typical thing of um, you might have a slight bit of ADHD. I well, I actually I was I did some uh, like a kind of mental health assessment recently, and I was like, right, what have I got? <laughs> you ready yeah, yeah, for yeah. the list? And they were literally like, <laughs> <laughs> actually, like, I was like, I don't, I don't actually have ADHD, but I thought I might do. Do you have it? Yeah, I I, I definitely do. Um, and, and what I like loads of things with it is that like, uh, I can hyper-focus into stuff, which sometimes yeah. isn't, isn't very good. So for example, it can be really positive in terms of work. So I can hyper-focus into yeah. work, but then I can hyper-focus into like something like tinnitus. So if I have tinnitus okay. for like six years, so 
when it first started, all I could focus on was that. So it kind of works that. And also the other side of it is that um, I do everything last minute. Yeah. I, until, I ha- until I have to, I haven't written my speech. <gasps> okay. Well, <laughs> that's probably going to be a stress reaction. You're going to do it really well. <laughs> like the night before. Oh my okay. God. It's Are you not get someone to help you? No, I got to do it myself. Okay. I'm just, no, I know it has to come from the heart, but like just sit down with like one of your like best men or something. Or and then like, write it? Yeah. I'd I be like, know. okay, I've got to do it. How long do you think we've known each other for? Um, okay, a long time, like way before Made in Chelsea. Way before Made in Chelsea. Way before, um, I think we were about 14. I think we're younger. Maybe 14? I think we're 14 because you used to know one of my friends. I think you went to Radley with them. Yeah. And he, we lived in, I lived in the same village. Was that Joss? Yeah. Is that how we yeah. knew each other? Yeah, that's how we met. And I remember, I remember I used to, used to, you and Kagi used to come to um, our like sports day thing. Yeah. And um, I used to think we were the coolest <laughs> kids because we had these like smoking hot girls turning up at Bradley. And I was oh like, what up everybody? It was honestly, because it was an all boys school. And so when girls arrived, it was honestly like catching a snitch honestly it was like the rarest thing in the world it was unbelievable so we've known each other for a long time right right like longer than even than i've known yeah like any of the other like made in chelsea cast and like i said i want to congratulate you because i ever since i known you we you know we've always kind of gone out had fun drank a lot all those different things and you are now eight months sober yeah that is unbelievable how do you feel about that has it changed everything it's like honestly being the biggest game changer for my mental health. Really? Yeah. Like I feel I'll be honest, Kate, okay, I'm not I don't have zero anxiety, but I've got a lot a lot less anxiety. I feel like I can cope with things a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um like hangover hangover free life is it is really freeing. Yeah. Like I don't like to say like oh I'm I'm sober, like I just don't think it's a good representation of of how I feel like it's, I, and I feel like that word is quite weighted you're just not drinking I just fr- I like to say I'm just like I'll, I just I'm alcohol free but talk to me about the anxiety right because I, I deal with it as well and I've dealt yeah. with it and loads. I, know, I know you talk about it yeah yeah, well. yeah yeah always talk about it because I think and also I remember actually one of the first people I ever told about it ever was Hugo Taylor your husband um and I was like 22 years old and I just kept saying to him do you ever feel nervous do you ever feel like nervous yeah. all the time and he was like, no, I don't he really, really, he, he literally like never gets anxiety. He doesn't, he understands a lot more about it now, but he doesn't, he doesn't personally feel, feel it. it. Oh my God. I wouldn't wish it on anyone. It's horrible. It's the worst thing. So I had it then and mine sort of manifests from panic attacks. Talk to you about your anxiety. What, when did it kick in? When did it happen? Um, oh God. Yeah, how, long, yeah, here how, we go. how long you Listen, got? I'm just going to sit back and just, you're going to tell, open up. This is, it's just like no, a real I'm, session. I'm, I think it's so good to talk about it because it can feel so alienating and horrible when you're suffering with it. And, mm. um, I think, you know, the more we talk about it, the more we help to end the stigma around it and make people feel like less alone. Yeah. So I'm always happy to talk about it. Um, I think it's a long journey I think it's something that I've been unpicking a lot in therapy and it goes back to childhood stuff it goes back to going being sent to boarding school when I was super young mm. feelings of abandonment being, oh hey snap then being I went to boarding school when I was nine yeah I was eight I beat um you. being <laughs> um being uh bullied uh sorry not something to laugh about being bullied were you bullied but, yeah quite badly in my teen and teenage years between the age of probably 12 to at the end of school 
I did not know that. Yeah. Hang on a second. Okay, I just let's break the. You you went through bullying. Yep. What kind of bullying? Like really mean bullying from girls. Really. But, yeah. What about? Like they would pick on how I looked and just you know like mean stuff, and then also from guys. Like when I went to mixed school, and you know you kind of have that kind of slut shaming and like the kind really? of meanness that can come from. Uh, yeah, from I've, I experienced it really badly with girls and thought if I go to a mixed school, it will be better. Yeah. Then, you know, being at all girls school and then going into like a mixed environment, not really knowing how to be around boys, also having like low self-esteem from being bullied, then sort of probably hooking up with like loads of different guys to try and get that validation and, you know, thought that would like help make me feel better. But then you end up getting really picked on because of that. So... It was kind of a vicious cycle. That, God, yeah, man. it was quite bad. So I, so I started having panic attacks um, from kind of around the time when I left school. Really? So yeah. 18 years old? I actually, no, I probably started having panic attacks slightly younger than that, but I didn't know, or at least having severe moments of anxiety, but I didn't know how to label it. I didn't know what it was. What did it feel like at the time? It felt like being intensely uncomfortable and wanting to run away. And, and, I, and I also manifested in like, I would get a lot of stomach issues. I could get a lot of like stomach cramps and pain. Obviously, it's, IBS is really linked with anxiety and, you know, you can feel it really in your stomach as mm. well. When If you're having those nervous feelings, it often you can feel it in different parts of your body. That's really funny. I didn't I didn't realize that because actually that's a good thing. I, I, I've always had IBS ever since I was a kid. Yeah. And I thought that was... IBS and anxiety like go hand in hand. It like feeds each other. Because my bowels, it's like, it's like honestly like, like the moon. If I'm anxious, they're bad. Yeah, because the serotonin, serotonin is made in your gut. Yeah, I know this. So it's, so it's the, the link between the, the gut, your gut and your brain is massive. This is, this is really interesting because that basically is like a warning sign that it can yeah. be. So if your stomach is starting to be bad and you're starting to. You've got to listen to your body for sure. Oh my god! That's I think the way I'm like look at anxiety now is it's a, it's a warning sign. It's your body giving you a warning mm. and saying, "Hey, listen up! Like you need to change something." Mm. So now, when I do have moments of anxiety, I actually had a panic attack uh, on a plane about ten days ago, which was quite bad. What? And I am a nervous flyer. It wasn't there. There was normally if there's turbulence, I tend to like have a panic attack, and there wasn't even any turbulence. And I was on a plane with my kids and thought. I literally thought I started, I was going to suffocate and like couldn't breathe. And like, luckily I wasn't on my own with the kids, but I was properly for about an hour. thought they were going to have to like land the plane and I was going to die. It was like really, a really scary place to be. A panic attack is different for lots, for lots of people, right? And, but, but typically what it is is where you feel like you're dying. You feel like you're having a heart attack. You're suffocating. You can't breathe. You're you blacking out. You need yeah. to escape. You need yeah. to get out. It's horrendous. I've only ever had a sort of two ever in my life when I was much younger. Okay. And holy smokes, they're, they're, they're pretty horrendous. And you were having those when you were 17, 18 and not being able to explain it. That's awful. Yeah, I just didn't, I, I didn't know, like, I did, the word anxiety, it wasn't that widely used. Mm. I mean, I was diagnosed with depression when I was at school. Um, and then I guess, the you know, anxiety and depression go like quite hand in hand. You felt low at school? Yeah, like from the bullying. So then when I left school, I feel like the depression kind of lifted I felt like happier because I just hated being at school and be when I was out like left the school environment I wasn't didn't have to like see my bullies on a daily basis I was I felt happier moved to London and then we all like started partying a lot right mm. and like like <laughs> drinking and partying 
basically it it's makes not a good you, combo. No, it's not a good combo yeah, for let's see how health. long we can stay up <laughs> yeah. yeah well you stayed up all night you're wicked it's like what that's a- what is sleep who needs sleep anyway where you had an hour's sleep you're cool like, yeah why don't you go to work today you'll feel fine that's a good idea have three coffees perfect it's just nuts and and i think we were in that sort of generation which i think has changed a little bit because i think people now are more conscious of stuff and more understanding of different things but we were definitely in that phase of like drinking and going out and doing whatever being the craziest you can be that was what cool was that was just how we socialized totally. we would go out on like a Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night. Oh, mm. Thursday night was a big thing. Yeah. There was like a different like place we would all go. Or then there was that one club we would all go to a lot. Which was that one? Public. Oh, my God. Public, oh. which was in like in sort of Kings Road, Fulham area. And I used to turn up there by myself because I knew there would be people in there. And we were yeah. there the whole time. Yeah. That, it, it was it was crazy. But I just want to take that back a bit. I, so you had this horrible experience at school because for my... um. The Millie Macintosh that I knew mm. was was cool, was fun, was exciting, was all these different things. But in fact, underneath it all, you were covering up all of these different insecurities yeah. and having a horrendous time. Yeah. I had no clue about that. I don't think anyone would know about that. I think it was something I didn't talk about until like much later. It was something I felt like... Ashamed by. I, yeah. Like it was embarrassing and that, you know, that I had been bullied or was going through it. I'd say by the time we met, I'd probably been already come out the like come out the other side from quite a lot of it. It was probably when I first went to that school when I was about 12 that it was that it was its worst. But the scars from that have had like a, you know, a much longer effect because it really damages your self-esteem. It really, you know, damages like how you see yourself, your self-worth. Like I definitely, you know, I didn't like, there was no self-love there. And it's taken like, taken me a long time and and have, I've had to do quite a lot of therapy. I'm still doing therapy Mm. um to try to help with my mental health now I definitely feel like I've got a much better understanding but um going back to just talking about not drinking I feel like um I really needed to just stop drinking alcohol in order to work on my relationship with myself Mm. and it's just given me so much clarity it's like I can see clearer I've got a better connection with myself I feel like I've got better connection in my relationship with my husband with my friends you feel better you look better everything like that I feel right better i feel like i'm a much better mom i feel like i'm more present with my children yeah um it's like you notice those like small moments and the things that are really important mm. um i've always yeah. juggled with it yeah 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 i got <laughs> like yeah i want to know from you from your yeah. like, point of view as well, as well like how do you cope with your anxiety and like what like well, How do you manage it? It's funny. So my anxiety, um, I thought I'd, I'd like, I thought I'd conquered it. Okay, tell me how. <laughs> I was like that old thing. Get out of here. Yeah. What? I had it real bad. Um, I doing Maine and Chelsea nailed me. Like that, that crippled me. Yeah. And I've spoken about this before, and it really just it, it like took its toll on me. And reality TV, for lots of reasons, is very very heavy in the soul on the soul. I want to get into it with you, right? And then I did it for like ten years. I did it for two. Yeah. You just kept on going. Oh, and yeah, going. persistent. It's like, I was like, how is Jamie still on that show? Like, everyone yeah, yeah, yeah. else is like... <laughs> is that guy old? Like, what's he doing? What's They're like he 10 doing? years younger than <laughs> I saw a little stat the other day. I've done, I think it is, I did 250 episodes. And the person below me did 180. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So, so That's I, pretty impressive. So I did a lot of episodes. But um, that happened to me. I then stopped doing the show and it it, it got better. Everything got better. Really? Yeah, everything got better. Um, 
And I then met Sophie. And actually, weirdly, at the beginning of my relationship with Sophie, the anxiety sort of came back. Because okay. I think what happened was, is that um, I met this person who was so great and so wonderful. And I was so anxious they were going to leave. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh my God, they're going to go. So my anxiety came back and I couldn't place it. And then when I became more comfortable with Sophie and the relationship and things like that, it went for ages and it, and it, and it kind of cleared and it just, it went, it, it went, it was unbelievable. It just went. And, and I learned to, my thing, which was is that I learned to accept it, which is a big part of it. Total big yeah. part of it. Right. You suddenly accept it. But recently because of the wedding, it's come back with crashing force. Yeah, that's understandable. It's it's so much pressure. Yeah. And, it, and like stress, you know, you were saying, how do you cope with stress? It's like, it is like the number one anxiety trigger. But I did that thing. I did it uh, beginning of the year. So New Year's, I was having a bit of a tricky time. And I did, maybe the wedding, all that kind of stuff. And I sat in a room in the dark, like in the, not in the dark, I sat in the room by myself. And I really thought about like, okay, what in my life is like sometimes a struggle. And for me, I've, I've always gone back to the same thing is that, you know, in my 20s, I drank way too much. We all did. We drank so yeah. much. And actually, I, I've never given up drinking for more than a period of like a month since I was like 18 yeah. years old. And actually having that period of where you have that break for like three months is an amazing thing. And the fact that you feel so much better, right? Having not done it is amazing. Yeah. So what's the longest you've done? A month. I reckon Still one month. month. Yeah. I haven't done any longer than that. Like, a lot of people do that like dry January or yeah. like... There's different months. Sometimes there's like a charity th initiative behind it. Where people give up for a month. Um, and I think it is a really What was your turning point that you were like, okay, right, I'm going to stop doing this? Uh, it was it was actually after a panic attack that I had um, last summer, um, which was which was when I was hungover. Yeah. And I know I wouldn't have had that panic attack if I hadn't. It was like like when I'm hungover, I get, I get such anxiety. Yeah. But what about about what you said the night no, before? What you no, did? No, it wasn't. It wasn't even to do with. It, I hadn't even been like, you know, that drunk that I couldn't remember going to bed or anything. I hadn't been drinking even that heavily. But I just know I wouldn't have had that panic attack if I hadn't been drinking the night before. The night before that, we were on holiday. Mm. Um, I think it was a slight loss of control situation as well because we were away from the kids and we were on a boat. Um, and I knew I like couldn't get to them easily. I, I just felt I just had this really severe panic attack. It was a bit like the one I had um, on a flight, uh, like ten like, days, ago. yeah, ten days ago. And that's intense, it was, Millie. It was really, it was really intense. And I was like, okay, what? I went for a hike with Hugo, and I was like, right, like what? He was like, what? Like we, something you need to make some kind of change in your life because I just, he was like, you can't. I don't want to see you feel like this again. And I was like, I never want to feel like this again. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Mm. Um, and we went for this hike and just, you know, I, like, I was like talking everything through and I was like, I think I just, you know, just give it a try and just stop drinking. And mm. just, I wasn't even drinking that often, mm. but I really noticed, especially as I've got older, that anxiety would like hang around for a couple of days so say if you drink like a few drinks once a week but then you have anxiety for like three or four days after yeah, yeah. it's more than like half. So, what week. is the point what is the point so i was like yeah. this is the cost is too great it's just like yes it's fun to have a few glasses of wine unwind like enjoy that with friends or with hugo or whatever like that for most people that's fine but if it if it if the cost is too great it's just not worth it mm. so i was like i'm just gonna give alcohol free life a try and that was uh, like towards the end of August last year. Amazing. And every week I felt better. And then I, I knew quite, I'd say within, within a month or two, I knew it wasn't just like a let's just do this for a few weeks. Give me a radar on it. So, okay. I, wanna, I don't think I'll drink again. Do you really not think yeah. so? But give me a radar in terms of like how you're feeling now compared to then. Like I know you've had this panic so attack. So I had the panic attack days. on the plane, but then I associate that more with I'm a nervous flyer. It was sure, a high pressure turbulence. situation. I had the kids. I was freaking out, like, what if something goes down on the plane and I'm with my children? And my brain was, like, running away. And I, looking at it in the therapy session this morning, was like, I was super overtired from the week before. I had the stress of organizing the trip and everything. So yeah. that was, like, now I can actually understand why that happened. But overall, since I stopped drinking, I would say I'm, like, 90% less anxious. What? Yeah. I was, I was wild. actually on... I was, and I've talked about this on my podcast. I'm not like I don't shy away from it. I was on medication for my anxiety. For my anxiety, I've actually never said that. During lockdown, I had like it was just it was just yeah. unbearable. This is when I was with Sophie and yeah. things like that. And this doctor, it's nothing to be ashamed about. Like, well, I, mean, I know it isn't, but it I think, feels like hard to say. I was found it really hard to talk about it, but then yeah. found it actually really like freeing to say it. Yeah, it, I thought it for some reason. And a doc said to me, "Just, just take this. You should yeah. take this." You're 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 There's finding no it uncontrollable. Like if it gets to a point where you where you're really finding it hard to cope in your day to day life, mm. then yes, you can do therapy and all these other things that can help. But sometimes you just need someone to throw you a rope so you can like climb out of the hole. Do you know what? It's so funny. So I someone this doctor said to me you should try it, and I took the uh, took the medication. I got it and took the medication, and I felt like this immediate shame for some reason that I was taking this thing. I was like. Yeah, and that is so much shame. It's bizarre, it. right? And so I I stopped taking it because I was embarrassed that I was taking this medication that was not only going to help me, was going to 
sort yeah. myself, it gave me clarity of thinking. And sometimes you just need these helping hands. And I don't understand why. We, and look, it's the, it's the same thing. There's a stigma around it. But it really is. There's a shame around taking these. And I can see when I asked you about yeah. it, you suddenly felt a little bit uncomfy because you're like, yeah. oh, do I really want to yeah. talk about this? But why should you take vitamins in the morning, right? Yeah. Exactly. What's exactly. the difference? It's just like, but also if you needed to take medication because you had epilepsy or diabetes and you had something that was an unbalance and you needed that medication to just cope in your day-to-day -day life, no one, you wouldn't feel weird or guilty about that. So mm. you have to, I think it's thinking about your mental health as your health in general. And if, you know, if you need medication to help with your health, then, then take the medication. But 100%. for me, after a while, there are side effects that affect everyone gets different side effects what were um, your side effects I, after a while the reason i came off it well, i was like loving not feeling anxious but i started to feel very numb like i couldn't have emotionally a, yeah wow okay so i but also because I, I felt like I, i'd stopped drinking a few months before and i was like do you know what i feel so good i just i don't think i actually need the medication anymore so i, you, I came off it slowly yeah. this was over christmas it came off of the medication, and so like since January, I haven't been on it. And how insane is that? Is that and just taking like one thing out of your life? Yeah, alcohol, and then and and just continued. You know, I have a healthy lifestyle. Bumped into you at the gym the other morning. Yeah, you were full of beans. You're um, just like I'm about to go into a class. I was like, oh my god, I keep going. Girl. I work out most days. I meditate. Mm. I eat well. I avoid like sugar, which I find really triggers me. Like I, I saw this be... on your podcast. You said that that sugar spikes it up for you sometimes. Yeah. Why do you think sugar does that? Because it's a drug. You think Sorry, it is? Sorry, talking to the person with I love sugar. Sugar's great for you. <laughs> Maybe you don't want to go down this road. No, I think we should. Listen, listen. I think my thing with sugar is this, is that, look, there, are, there are disadvantages drug. and advantages to sugar. And I think also, as long as you see it as a treat, it's a good thing. But yes, at the same time, it is a drug. 100%. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's not good for some people. Well, like when you remove something like alcohol from your life, I think it's a massive step, but it off, it also makes you then look at like everything else in your life. Mm. So like I haven't completely quit caffeine, like I'm a mom, <laughs> come on, like I need <laughs> my coffee, but I have a less, mom is the most stressful thing of all. I have less coffee. You drink coffee and you're anxious. That is not a good combo. Okay, do you know what? I, like, I only have like one to two a day in the morning. And that is not good. Drinking any sort of caffeine milk is not good. That's like the immediate spike. I don't okay, I have rules. Okay, what's your rules? So I don't, I try not to have a coffee now for the first hour of the day. Okay. Which I definitely do think makes a difference. Sure. Yeah. And I don't, I just don't, I have like quite weak coffees, like half caffeinated coffee. Okay. And I'll have maybe like two, but that's my max, not after lunch. Did you used to do this thing? Where and if I feel a bit anxious or triggered, I just won't have one. What I find amazing is I'm sure so many people, we had Spencer on the, and we spoke about his sobriety and his journey with that and all these different things. And what's amazing, the response is that so many people struggle with this idea of giving up alcohol because firstly, life isn't as fun. Um, it's a really scary thought. Like I found it heavy and hard to say and to just like you know how we just talked about medication how it felt like this a bit taboo to say mm. like i found it quite scary to be like oh, i'm not drinking and like have to explain why like i found that difficult and definitely for the first like couple of months it felt like a bit of a, an elephant in the room for me do you think there's a difference i by the way i've been to some aa meetings before i went when I, yeah i went to them when i was um about 27 28 find it helpful mm, i didn't i did you know what i didn't because I think that my my things that I was going through were probably a bit, yeah, not just alcohol, whatever. But um, do you think though that it is potentially is there an is it easier 
for not easier, but is there less stigma around women giving up drinking than men giving up drinking? Do you think there's this culture of guys going out, still, especially in the UK, let's go down the pub, let's have a pint. If you're not having a pint, if you ordered an elderflower as yeah. guys, do you think this match? Probably maybe a bit more. Where, I, where sometimes I think that potentially, and I don't know, I'm just, I'm just curious, right? Maybe it, with women and their friends, it's much easier to sort of suggest, hey, I'm not drinking. Because, you know, I, there's lots of different variables. Maybe you could, pregnancy, uh, hormones, whatever it is. But with guys, there's still this macho attitude. We've got to go to the pub, watch the football and do it that way. And I think sometimes there, it's, it's really tricky for both yeah. sides. But sometimes with guys, I find it's really quite hard. What does Spencer say about it? He doesn't care. He's just like, yeah. he stopped drinking. But that's his attitude, I right? He's very have, kind of like sociopathic. Put yourself first, ultimately. And you're like, you don't have to explain to people. You can yeah. have you can have an excuse if it makes you feel more comfortable. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's no one's business. And you're putting yourself first. Um, your wedding will actually be the, my first like wedding I've, I've been to, apart from actually when I was pregnant. Um, Are you I nervous about that, though? That sober. Been... I'm, not, I'm so excited, actually, because I really feel like I'm going to get like Place so much more like from it. I think I'll be much more present or be able to remember it all um remember everyone else's bad behavior which will be very entertaining um <laughs> I, I i'm a bit the one thing okay, one thing i'm nervous about is i don't feel confident dancing so without alcohol and i think i'm probably a pretty bad dancer but when normally if i've had a few drinks i think i'm a pretty good dancer and i yeah. feel like that's when my moves like come out okay so i just don't know if, if i'm going to be like hitting the dance floor i've spoken to other people that have quit drinking and they've said it takes a while for that to come back yeah, of course it does i so mean i like just don't i might not sober. be i might not be like doing like the world of dancing but you know i'm not gonna put pressure on myself i hope i'm sure the music will be good i'm just excited for everyone's whole, gonna but... be drunk and they're not gonna be thinking about yeah, anyone no else. one else will notice no right? one else is gonna <laughs> notice i had a friend called jimmy who um went sober for a bit and he said that he used to when people his friends used to come up and they were really drunk and start talking to him when they were just having a really drunk conversation, he yeah. would just look at them, just walk off, because they would never remember it in the morning. Yeah, be like, do I need to excuse myself in this conversation? No, <laughs> just, just, just leave. Just walk off. Did you used to do this thing where you would uh, wake up in the morning and analyze yourself and see how you're feeling? You go, you wake up, sorry, bang. Okay, how am I feeling? Adjusting your body. Do you do that as much anymore? What, like, uh, I would definitely... Am I anxious? Am I this? Am I that? Uh, Check, checking in on your body, because that's always a thing that I think well, when I wake people sometimes up, do. I, I've, I, try, I'm, I love having a good routine that really works for me mm. um hugo normally gets up and like leaves and goes downstairs at like 6 a.m and i wake up and just sit and do a meditation wow so that's my time to just do a kind of scan of my body how am i feeling mm. check in and that's how i like to try and start my day every day now before the, before I, the kids come running in and before like the that craziness starts wow my kids as well <sighs> yeah it's a you're it's you have a handful. two beautiful girls they really are they are so pretty and so funny i i I saw um an interesting what you spoke about which is where you spoke about loss of identity you know when you had kids and i think you you were one of i think one of my first girlfriends to maybe have kids or i think maybe you were one of the first yeah and you know i i have nephews and nieces and I, i for me going through like i was so excited to have kids Beyond... Are you still excited? No. <laughs> Why? Because I look around at all of yes. my friends and, okay. and I look around at all of my friends. This is, a, this is the truth. Okay. I'll be very truthful. Yep. Be honest. I think kids are the most amazing thing and I really want them. And, and Sophie, my wonderful wife, wants them. 
but I'm nervous because I now look around. When, when you're younger and you think about having kids, you're incredibly naive to everything. Right. I, you're naive to the stress, to the financial problems, to the uh, relationship problems, to sex with each other, to so intimacy. What, what's that? What, <laughs> you, I think what is Exactly. I think you become a you born again virgin. When I'm like, you're, I don't have <laughs> heard of that. I have no, no idea. Exactly. Last time when you have kids, last time you have sex, it's like the, the last time I had sex, when I got pregnant. <laughs> yeah, I honestly think that's what happens. Yeah, that does happen. Yeah. Sorry. And, and also, that was you should just, be worried that about was that. also just get on with it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I want to get into all these, but so I'm very fearful of that because mm-hmm. I look at a lot of my friends and I I see how stressed everyone is. Okay, it and that is, worries me. Um, I mean. I think it's good to be realistic about the change because it is the biggest life change you could ever go through. Mm. And it is a shock, but I don't, don't let it stop you. Like you figure it out and yes, it can feel stressful, but it's for me, the positives have massively outweighed that, you know, the tiredness, the stress, the tears, the, all the other strains that come with it. I think it's about having, um, you know, a support network around you, Mm-hmm. And you'll have that. And also looking on the more like positive side from what you said, all the people around you already having kids is that is really helpful mm-hmm. because they have already done it and they will be able to like lend you all the baby stuff and advice and they'll have a network of people that lend help you them. All the and, baby stuff. What, what baby stuff? All the things that you might need. They're like, just going to go, it's going to be shit for the next like two years. Like, yeah, Get ready for like, it. Oh, Whenever, like, you know, like the girls grow older, there's like, I could have a whole like pile of stuff ready to give to one of my friends that's about to have a baby, you know? That's so you'll have all, of, you'll clean up. Okay, but, but hang on. You said you that you lost your identity. And actually, I spoke to an amazing person once. Her name is Michelle Kennedy. Yeah, she's amazing. She's epic. She's she, epic. She is. I actually saw her at New Year's when we, we got off at the same flight in scotland together but she she's amazing and she has an, an app called peanut yeah which is all it's a it's a community for women who feel lonely during pregnancy yeah. or birth or whatever it is and they connect she's an amazing person and she talks about that loneliness that women feel isolation but to, uh, talk me through that how did you feel when you first gave birth well with my first daughter it was in lockdown as well which was really difficult yeah uh with sienna she's now three um it's a shock. Like, you know, your whole life is basically on hold and you're just literally covered in like puke and you've just got this tiny baby that you've, uh, you know, it's your responsibility to like keep them alive. And it's, yeah, it's really, it's quite overwhelming. Did you feel like everything that you were had just disappeared? You were this fun, I remember, outgoing like, you know, person. I think for the women, especially your, but your identity and like the, your body image has changed so much. That's quite hard to look at. Like when you've had a baby. And you want to love yourself and you're surrounded by people being like body positivity and, you know, love you, love you no matter what. And you kind of really want to. But I found that really difficult. I was like, didn't recognize myself. I was so, I'm so tired. What so, you, you know, like, you look in the mirror, you're like, who the hell is that? Yeah, yes. Like, Are you serious? And like, I'd had like a C-section, yeah. you know, you're like recovering from surgery. Yeah. You know, you're like trying to figure out breastfeeding. It's, there's so much going on and the hormones. Um, those The first three months after I had uh, Sienna, we were really difficult. It's actually insane to think about it, especially with breastfeeding. 
Because yeah. babies, they do clamping, isn't that what it's called? They clamp onto the nipple? They latch. Latch. That's like it's some sort of alien. They latch, clamp, latch. They, they clamp. But, but they do, they latch. Like, like they, they latch on like a, a It bot. hurts. It really hurts. A man couldn't cope with it, for sure. Get out of here. I reckon I get so, it. Hundred, like, obviously, you can't Stubbing try. your toe is just... No, Jamie, honestly, your nipples are so sensitive. Are they Really? The nipple, there's so many like nerve endings there, honestly, more pain. Okay, so I've had two C-sections and breastfeeding yeah. was way more painful than giving birth. <laughs> really? Yes. Don't know why I'm laughing. Just, yes. <laughs> that is so intense. It's really, it's, it's intense. Do you think you'll have more? Hugo doesn't want any more. But you do. I probably have another one. Really? Three's a lot. But then my, my thoughts are, the, the thing stopping me is just like, is it? Well, obviously, Hugo would not want another yeah, yeah. one. We have to actually have sex. We have to have sex. So that's stopping me. But also just... Just slip him some Viagra okay. or something like that. Get him real horny. Light some candles. About can I cope with the third? Like, can my mental health cope with yeah, the third? Like, that balance of... It's, it's Like, I just travelled with two of them. It was hell on a flight. <laughs> Imagine with another one. Like, can I honestly just... But then it could it be any harder? I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, think it's some people are like, if you've already got two, just throw another one in the mix. You won't even notice. But they get another one. And I imagine th- if you come up with a quad. I think you would notice. <laughs> <laughs> I think you get more relaxed each child you have. I mean, obviously, like Vogue and Spencer now have three. Oh my god! Got a friend with four kids and another friend. Yeah, like that. Another friend that's got three now. Like it is amazing seeing like families expand. But I just don't think I have much room in my life for anything else. I get that. Okay, listen, I'm going to stop there for part okay. one. We're going to come back in part two where I want to talk about you and Hugo. I want to talk about marriage. I want to talk about Made in Chelsea. I want to talk about loads of different things. You ready for it? And we're going to talk about sex. Okay, I, I mean, I don't even know how much I have to say on the topic. All right. We'll see you in part two, everybody. Bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.